As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On April 9th, 2015, 28-year-old single mother Heather Bogle clocked out from her overnight shift at the Whirlpool Appliance Plant in Clyde, Ohio. The next day, she would be found dead in the trunk of her car. From the south shore of Lake Erie, this is Great Lakes True Crime. Heather Bogle worked overnight shifts at the Whirlpool Appliance Factory in Clyde, Ohio. Clyde is a small city of about 6,000 people in northwest Ohio. It's most noted for its home to the Whirlpool plant, which has been there in one form or another for over 65 years and employs about 3,400 people in the small town. The plant produces 100,000 washing machines per week. So if you have a Whirlpool washing machine in your home, Regardless of where in the world do you live, it was probably made in Clyde. Heather was a single mom who, according to her sister Jennifer, was solely concerned with her daughter and not interested in getting into a relationship. She was very responsible and financially supported both herself and her daughter, five-year-old Mackenzie. She was very pretty and outgoing. Not surprisingly, she had plenty of male suitors interested in her. After clocking out from her overnight shift at Whirlpool about 6 a.m., she would go home and sleep. Then she'd spend the afternoon and evening with Mackenzie, and then the daily cycle would begin again. On April 9th, 2015, Heather clocked out at 6.17 a.m. No one is exactly sure what happened next, but she never came home to pick up Mackenzie that day, which was totally out of character for her. Jennifer called over and over, but there was no answer, which was also very unusual for Heather. After a few hours, 
Her family was so concerned that they called the police. But in typical fashion for cases such as this, the police told them to just give it some time. While not willing to sit around and do nothing, the family made up a bunch of missing persons flyers to hang around town. They eventually filed a missing persons report with the Sandusky County Sheriff's Office, and the case was assigned to Sheriff's Detective Sean O'Connell. The first thing O'Connell did was check Heather's phone records and found that her last phone ping was around 9.20 somewhere within a six-mile wide area. That's as narrow down as the cell phone company could get it. Then the pings stopped. Either the phone was shut off, destroyed, or it lost power after 9.20. Next, O'Connell looked into her personal file and discovered that Heather had recently tried something entirely new for her, dating a woman. She was named Carmela. Soon after that, though, there would be no more wondering about where Heather was. The day after Heather vanished... Her 12-year-old Oldsmobile Alera was discovered in the Somerton Apartments parking lot at 236 Hickory Street in Fremont, which is about 8 miles away from Clyde. The location of Heather and her vehicle was a surprise to everyone, as neither Heather nor any of her family members lived in Fremont. Her Oldsmobile was locked and had a handwritten note on the front seat. The note was from her girlfriend, Carmela, and seemed to be a follow-up on a fight they had had previously. It was essentially a note saying how much Heather meant to Carmela and how much Carmela loved Heather. When the trunk of the car was popped open, Heather's lifeless body was found inside. She had been shot twice and badly beaten. Bruises on her hands and feet indicated that she had been tied up. She was also wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt that didn't belong to her, and the shirt didn't have any holes in it, meaning she wasn't wearing it when she was shot, and someone dressed her after she was killed. An autopsy confirmed that Heather died from two bullet wounds and blunt force trauma all over her body. There was also no blood and no bullet holes in the trunk of the car, meaning she hadn't been killed there. One other peculiar detail was noticed. The killer had taken scissors and chopped off a tuft of Heather's hair, which led police to believe that whoever did this did it out of anger. DNA was taken from underneath Heather's fingernails, although it didn't match any DNA in the national database. Detectives didn't have much to go on, but a female witness claimed to have seen Heather's vehicle being parked between 1.30 and 3 a.m. at the apartment's. A person got out and left the area on foot, but the witness was not sure if it was a man or a woman. Next up, Detective O'Connell looked for surveillance video from the area and also brought in a cadaver dog to search the area and try to determine the exact location where Heather was killed. The dog didn't come up with any leads around town, but when it was brought to the Somerton Apartments, he immediately alerted on Apartment B. That's the apartment of Kiana Bohr, a 25-year-old single mother. O'Connell knew Kiana through her boyfriend, a known drug dealer. He and the boyfriend had some run-ins in the past. The autopsy of Heather showed that she had marijuana in her system, and O'Connell came up with a theory that perhaps she had gone to the Somerton Apartments to buy some more pots. Upon questioning... 
Kiana was very evasive, which seemed suspicious to O'Connell. A check of her social media accounts showed that Kiana had an affinity for Mickey Mouse, which of course was the type of shirt that was placed on Heather by someone after her murder. This cast even more suspicion on Kiana and her boyfriend. Surveillance video from a nearby store showed Heather's car traveling toward the Somerton Apartments around 1.30 a.m. the night of her murder. The only other vehicle being driven along the same road around the same time was a white SUV, although the footage was too grainy to make out exactly what type of SUV it was. There was a person involved with this case that had a white SUV, though. It was Omar Satchel, a friend of Kiana, who had a lengthy criminal record, including some violent crimes. At this point, O'Connell considered these three individuals as suspects and even publicly named them, says so. Kiana, her boyfriend, and Omar. When interviewed for Dateline NBC, Kiana said she didn't believe that the cadaver dogs actually did lead to her apartment and that that piece of evidence was fabricated. According to Kiana, she and Detective O'Connell had had some bad blood between them because of the detective's previous run-ins with her boyfriend. She also stated that the Mickey Mouse t-shirt was not hers. Her explanation about being evasive during questioning was because she was smoking marijuana at the time the police came to her door. Omar believes that the investigation was essentially a setup and he was a perfect scapegoat, a black man with a lengthy record. But Omar cooperated with the investigation. He volunteered his DNA and it turned out to not be a match for the DNA found underneath Heather's fingernails. After four months of investigation with no results, Heather's family was growing impatient. They believed O'Connell was completely going down the wrong path and that the killer was someone much closer to Heather. For one thing, Heather and her brother, Josh Faisal, had a very contentious relationship. Just hours before Heather's disappearance, Josh sent her several text messages where he berated and taunted her for failing a nursing exam. Josh was less than cooperative with the investigation. When asked for his DNA, he initially refused. For his part, though, Josh claims that he was not asked for his DNA, so there's an area of disagreement on that point. There was also some suspicion of Carmela, Heather's girlfriend. They apparently fought a lot, essentially over jealousy. With the note that Carmela left in Heather's car, the words, quote, you're dead to me, unquote, were contained in what Carmela wrote, so that didn't look great for her. The investigation ultimately built a wall between Carmela and the family. Perhaps Carmela loved Heather too much. The family looked at Carmela with strong suspicion, and they were so dissatisfied with the investigation that they eventually called O'Connell's boss and asked to have him taken off the case. After 16 months of investigation, the family was seriously losing faith in the process. Eventually, though, there was an arrest. The problem is it wasn't an arrest of a murder suspect, but rather Sheriff Kyle Overmeyer. He had a drug addiction and was stealing pills from the drug turn-in boxes and was pilfering money from a county fund to support his habit. Overmeyer pleaded guilty in November 2016 to felony charges of theft in office and deception to obtain dangerous drugs, among other crimes, and was sentenced a month later to four years in prison. Despite his legal woes, he actually sought re-election but fortunately was defeated. 
This whole ordeal with Overmeyer showed just how much disarray the sheriff's department was in. But that was only the beginning, though. Soon, O'Connell was under investigation by the Ohio Attorney General's office for tampering with evidence. This came as welcome news to the family. He resigned from the sheriff's office and began managing a fast food restaurant. That's not what he had planned for his career in law enforcement. O'Connell thought he would eventually be sheriff, and he even talked with Overmeyer about him stepping aside so O'Connell could become sheriff. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And there was plenty of wrongdoing the detective knew about that might have made Overmeyer think about the offer to walk away. The two had discussed it, and O'Connell contacted the county Republican Party asking to be appointed sheriff when Overmeyer resigned. Sean had zero intentions on actually solving this case, Heather's sister is quoted as saying. He has shown absolutely no remorse for not doing his job, for the way he treated our family, or for the trust lost by the Sandusky County people in their law enforcement due to his negligence. The newly elected sheriff was Chris Hilton. Sheriff Hilton won the election partially by campaigning on a renewed investigation into Heather's death. The new sheriff finally got Heather's brother's DNA and found that he was not a match, so he was ruled out. Carmela was looked at really hard as well, but she was also ruled out. Her DNA was not a match, and she also passed a polygraph test. The new investigation started at the beginning, from the time that Heather left the Whirlpool facility that morning. So the six-mile radius that the pings from Heather's cell phone came up was gigantic. But one thing about cell phones is they also have GPS information that's tied to satellites. Heather's phone's GPS was hitting off satellites at the time she was using it, and that was information that O'Connell did not pursue. But now the new sheriff's office got a search warrant and obtained that data from Google. And this was far more precise and put Heather's phone to within a few feet of a trailer at Emerald State Trailer Park. That trailer belonged to Daniel Myers, whose name had not yet come up in the investigation. Myers was single, 48 years old, and also worked at Whirlpool. There was an email sent from a tipster much earlier in the investigation that pointed to Myers, but that tip had never been followed up on. O'Connell ignored this legitimate information that he received just a few days after Heather's body was found. The informant said she was sure that Myers was capable of committing such a gruesome act because she said he had brutalized other women in the past. But O'Connell never followed up on that information, never contacted Myers, never interviewed anyone who worked with Heather at Whirlpool. 
Instead, he stuck with his original tunnel vision theory about the three young African Americans in Fremont. At this point, the new detectives on the case paid a visit to Myers and recorded the conversation. Myers stated that he barely knew Heather and that he had never seen her back there in the trailer park. This made him look very suspicious and led to a search warrant on the trailer. It was found that some of the subflooring in the trailer had been replaced recently. So they also got a warrant for Myers' DNA, and that was a perfect match with the DNA found on Heather. He was arrested and charged with her murder. Perhaps he lured her to his trailer, hoping for a rendezvous, and then attacked her when she refused. After all, he later told a fellow inmate they worked on the same line together at Whirlpool, and he had romantic feelings for her. He would frequently drive by her house, but she didn't reciprocate the feelings. In fact, he said she laughed at him and that offended him, and so he brutalized her, leaving her with bruises all over her body. He shot her twice in the back, put her in the trunk of her car, and left her at the Somerset Apartments. He sat in jail for a year and a half before striking a plea deal. He agreed to plead guilty to Heather's murder in exchange for taking the death penalty off the table. The gruesome details of the crime were laid out in court by Sandusky County Prosecutor Tim Braun as Myers pleaded guilty to multiple counts of crimes related to Heather's murder. He showed no remorse, however, at any time, not while he pleaded guilty to the two counts of aggravated murder or additional counts of kidnapping, aggravated robbery, or evidence tampering. There was no remorse expressed when he was sentenced by Sandusky County Common Pleas Judge John Dewey to life in prison without parole for the murder charges and additional years for the other crimes. There was no remorse even while Braun showed photos in court of Heather's body in the trunk of her car, of the marks left from the handcuffs Myers put on her wrists, or of the bruises all over her body. He sat there without emotion when the family detailed the pain and anguish they felt since she was murdered. And when it is his time to speak, he offered no apologies. Quote, I have nothing to say, unquote, he told Judge Dewey. What a dick. As part of the plea agreement, which was supported by Heather's family members, Myers was spared the death penalty. The flip side of the deal is that he will never walk out of prison a free man. He will die in prison. Mr. Braun led the court through the evidence that ultimately brought Myers to justice. Cell phone location data, saved by the cell phone company from when Heather was first reported missing, gave investigators a general idea of where she was between her disappearance on April 9, 2015, following her shift at the Whirlpool plant in Clyde. But as we said, location data from Heather's Gmail account, which was originally ignored by O'Connell, later showed her phone had been at Myers' trailer for about an hour while she was missing. He went over the Gmail satellite data, which, as we said, is much more specific than the six-mile radius provided by the cell tower pings. And also important to the investigation was the fact that Heather fought back during the attack. She fought for her life, and DNA evidence under her fingernails eventually pointed to Myers. After the murder... Myers bought plywood to build a new floor at his trailer and a new mattress to cover up his crimes. Later, while in his jail, he actually told a roommate that he lost a tooth while Heather fought back. Now here's the really sick part. Myers actually went to Heather's funeral 
and donated $125 to a GoFundMe campaign expressing his sorrow over her death. Heather's mother, through a victim's advocate, said that that made her sick, which is totally understandable. She said, I thank God every day that Heather fought you so that no one will ever have to feel this pain again. According to Heather's father, after Myers was arrested, more women came forward to say that they had been assaulted by him. Anytime a woman told Myers no, he became violent. That explains why Heather's hair was found cut. While Mr. Braun said there was first thought that it was from a sexual fetish, instead investigators now believe that Myers cut her hair after pulling it out during the assault, and he cut it to hide DNA evidence. Sheriff Hilton praised the collaboration between his office, the Ohio Attorney General's Bureau of Criminal Investigation, area police departments, and Mr. Braun's office, and said that teamwork and many long hours led to this conviction. An apology or expression of remorse by Myers, the sheriff said, would have been a fruitless effort. I thought there might have been some exhibition of remorse, but I've seen none, Judge Dewey said, adding later, that's a pretty sad commentary. So Heather's fighting back ultimately is what caught her killer. She collected the evidence that sent Myers to prison for life. She is the hero in this case. Heather essentially solved her own murder. In July 2018, Sean O'Connell accepted a plea deal of his own, admitting to evidence tampering. Other charges, including witness coercion, were dropped. His punishment was a two-year prison sentence. Today, Daniel Myers is assigned inmate number A760861, and he lives in the Lorraine Correctional Institution in Grafton, Ohio. As we said earlier, he will never have a parole hearing. You've been listening to Great Lakes True Crime. Information from this episode came from Dateline NBC, the Toledo Blade, the Fremont News Messenger, and the Sandusky Register. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a positive review on your podcast app. You can follow the show on Facebook or Twitter just by searching for Great Lakes True Crime. This is your host and producer, Steve. Thanks for listening, guys.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.